Listeners, <clears throat> this is Travi Bear, as I've been known as, as 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 I've been known as, as I've been as I've been known as. Uh, please don't call me Travi Bear, or please do. I don't care. Uh, you're listening to When I'm Not Sleeping, a podcast by Travis Yost. Uh, and a quick plug. If you like my podcast, you'll probably, if you actually like, I'm sorry, if you actually like my podcast, you'll really like a podcast I have with my friend Jamie Rogers uh, called Jamie and Travis Present. Uh, I recommend you go check it out, iTunes or on Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, Podbean, Uh, go check it out, uh, or just on iTunes. And to remind you, if you like this podcast, uh, please write me a nice little review on iTunes. However, if you don't like this podcast, uh, again, go fuck yourself. It's free. Uh, okay, so we kicked that one off on a, on a harsh note. Um, I am... Oh, I'm in my car. Or sorry, a truck. I'm, a, I'm kind of a truck guy. Um, I'm in my little truck. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, blue Toyota truck, small, tiny little guy. Uh, we would call him Roosevelt, uh, as in Theodore Roosevelt. Don't call him Teddy. Theodore Roosevelt. Um, and um, uh, I'm driving because that's what I do. A big part of my job is driving. I'm a musician, so I drive from town to town. Uh, with an uh, pretty much drenching people in my natural talent. Uh, No, I don't actually feel that way about myself. So, uh, I'm reminded I am am climbing Homestake Pass. I just went through Butte, Montana. I'm climbing Homestake Pass on I-90. And I'm just reminded... Oh, and also... Yes, I'm recording from my car. Uh, I literally... I don't have to do anything. The microphone is pointed at my face. It's not hindering any driving. Or it's not affecting the way I drive. I talk to myself while I drive anyway. So I might as well... Instead of just talking about nothing... I might as well use this time... To explain myself to people. Uh, When I'm not sleeping is pretty much uh, just a tiny bit uh, is therapy. So, I, or maybe it's, or, or maybe it's so that I can avoid going to therapy. So I talk to you guys. Also, it fulfills my dream of talking and people don't interrupt me. Uh, anyway, when I'm not sleeping uh, today, we are going to discuss. I'm I'm going up Homestake Pass. I'd like to discuss. Uh, why I've never left Montana and why I may never leave Montana Um, and again why I may never leave means I could leave, I might leave you never know Um, but I'll explain 
in explaining why I've never left, I'll probably accidentally also explain why I may never leave and what it will take for me to leave. Um, I was born in Indianapolis, uh, 1982, and I have an older brother, or I have an older half-brother and older half-sister, uh, my mom's kids, and they are 10 and 12 years older than I am, and they uh, graduated in, uh, let's see, they graduate in 89 and 90, or maybe 88 and 90, I forget, oh shit, sorry Sean, uh, I'm messing up my brothers, uh, that's assuming that he's listening, however, if he is listening, hey buddy, uh, and if my sister's listening, hey, I know you guys aren't, it's okay, wait, but if you are, oh, weird, well, don't worry, I don't talk shit about you on the podcast. You better go listen to all of them to find out whether or not I do. Um, so they graduated. Uh, when my sister graduated high school, um, I think we moved the day after. Uh, my, sister's, my brother and sister's dad still lives in Indianapolis and did at the time. Uh, and I think she immediately went to school. Um, yeah, I think that's what happened. Well, I think that, yeah. Because I think we moved on, like, June 4th, 1990. We moved to Helena, Montana. My old man got a job out here uh, with the Department of Revenue. And he used to work for Department of Revenue, Indiana. He got a job out here at Department of Revenue, Montana. And... Uh, uh, I would describe the move as a lifestyle change. Um, and, uh, or maybe just a change altogether. I mean, there's no reason to move here. There's no jobs here. Um, and it could be hard to live out here. So, uh, I'll say that they moved partially, um, I think city life and my mom uh, I think this was a chance uh, among many things it was a chance to get less migraines and for my dad it was a chance to kind of live out the American West dream Um, he had visited here uh, and before I was born as a family they had visited the West many times um, and my dad, as a as a college kid, visited the West many times, and um, I think his dream. I think this is his dream, um, and I think for my mom, it, there was a a level of simplicity that uh, definitely came into play. Anyway, um, they moved to Helena uh, shortly before in spring break. My dad came out, I came with my dad for spring break out to Helena to he, I think he had his final job interview and my old man brought a 25 foot U-Haul out in uh, May maybe May or April found an apartment and whatnot. and then my mom and I drove out here in a white uh, carpet van uh, with the rest of the belongings 
and which actually I could dedicate an hour to a podcast about that that like three days on the road, two days on the road with my mom, uh, from what I can remember, because I was seven. Yeah, yeah, or eight, seven. Anyway, um, so came out to Montana with my dad in spring break, um, drove on back roads, went and saw amazing, like, I, I drive a lot for my job, but I drive a lot when I travel as well, and I love traveling, um, and I prefer to drive for the most part, uh, you tell me, but hey, you could fly there, and say, yeah, but I could drive there too, uh, I know that's not much of an argument, but, um, I love, I love time in the car, and I've spent a lot of time in Volkswagen buses with my parents and siblings, but also uh, a lot of time uh, with my dad in a Volkswagen bus, but not just Volkswagen buses, uh, many other cars were used for this, uh, uh, for this adventuring, um, and I think that initial trip was a big part of why I love traveling and specifically why I love Montana. So anyway, we moved out. Um, we moved out to, uh, a house 10 miles outside of Helena on the way to the ski area on bird's eye road. Uh, that's getting specific for some of you. Um, some of you will enjoy that knowledge. Some of you will say, who gives a shit? Um, but it plays into it, plays into my love of Montana. So we had 10 acres and it wasn't farmland. It wasn't ranch land. It was just 10 acres that had a hill, uh, a rocky outcropping of a hill on it. Um, it had a trailer and it had a couple, uh, like woodsheds. Um, and we moved here in August. Uh, my parents part of their negotiation with like obviously I had to move with them but part of their negotiation to get me to stop crying about moving or stop whining about moving was that they would give me a dog so in August uh, we were no sorry in June we moved here in June sorry we moved here in June but in August we were at the dentist who we used to in Helena I guess Love of Montana will also include history of Montana for me. Uh, we went to a dentist whose name was Dr. Jost with a J, um, and probably because of how funny that was, uh, Jost going to Jost. Um, and at the time in Helena, there were only one Jost in the phone book. I think it was Dennis and Beverly? Is that their name? Something like that. Uh, and that was kind of cool because we had lived in Indianapolis. There's plenty of Yosts in Indianapolis in the phone book, but we moved to a town where there was only one other Yost, two other Yosts in the phone book. That was exciting. Uh, anyway, we just got to the dentist and we went down to Beatty Park. Beatty with T's, Beatty, uh, which is uh, the old train depot in Helena. And two teenagers had five or six of these white and black dogs on uh, knotted rope and were uh, leading them around and they had just found them and they asked us if we wanted one 
my mom flipped them all over and found a male and um, uh, of course things I know about dogs if a dog lets you flip him over as a puppy and kind of just stays there that's uh, that's a good sign for a nice docile uh, dog that'll be easy to train or at least be well behaved um, and uh, we got uh, we took him and uh, <laughs> put him in the car drove and went and saw my dad at work and said look what we got <laughs> and I named him dude um, at the time so this was 1990 uh, at the time my reference to the word dude was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as opposed to now where dude is like so synonymous with our language uh, and and uh, so like that's just referring to a male person uh, and it's just like it's like the word cool dude cool like they're all the same they're all so normal but at the time dude was because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so dude he um, as he got bigger he ended up being a um, a white dog with black spots kind of like a cow cow print and we kind of figure he reminds like now he kind of looks like I mean he's not alive now but he kind of looks like a uh, uh, Bernie's Mountain Dog but he wasn't um, he was more like a lab border collie cross uh, he was a great dog so my first real memories of Montana are 10 acres of like adventure uh, it had a little creek running through it uh, seasonally it had a hill so you could climb a hill it had uh, thick parts of forest so you could make forts um, I made multiple tree houses not, not a true tree house but putting platforms up in trees um, I uh, it was our own sledding hill uh, it was a sled hill I didn't have to share with anybody um, and because of the size of the hill and the way it was shaped, I could make a run that was almost half a mile long, uh, with twists and turns. And I could mountain bike on this 10 acres. Now, 10 acres isn't that much, but it actually, for a kid, you can go kind of up and over the hill, and then you're completely away from the house. It's amazing. So my first memories of Montana are a 10-acre piece of adventure land with a dog, with my best friend, a dog. Now, living 10 miles out of town also meant that as I started school in third grade, nobody comes out to my house. Luckily, I had one friend on the bus, uh, on a bus, uh, the bus that came and picked us up out there. I made one friend out there, and he came over occasionally, but by occasionally, I mean a couple times that year. Um, all my friends were in town, and in order to go see them, my parents had to drive me in town, which, it's not big, that's not, a, it's 10 minutes, but, I mean, that's a big deal, and what it meant was, I spent a lot of time roaming this 10 acres, and then, so, also, around the country, across the road, the dirt road from us, is 
another hundred acres of nothing that I can go explore. And like, and as a teen, that became kind of like hiking and camping land. Um, so from 1990 on, I connect Montana with wild and adventure and amazing. Um, if you want to, if you look out, it's funny right now as I drive, you look at a, a mountaintop or a hilltop, um, you can, if you had nothing else to do uh, all the time in the world, whatever, if you wanted, you go to the top of that thing. And after having this hill in our backyard, which, which was cool because you couldn't see Helena from our house, but if you went to the top of our hill, you could see just a corner of lights of Helena. And to me, that, that signified, some, that's like a periscope. That's like a, that's a, that's a real, that's a discovery of like, if you go to the top of a mountain, you can see everything. And that's what I think of, uh, for that first part. So then my old man decided, so we had never, it's funny, we had traveled a lot, specifically before me, but also with me in those seven years. We had traveled a ton out west and whatnot. Um, my family had never really been on a hike before that was longer than a mile or two. Um, and so that summer we went to the Glacier National Park, which we had been to before. Um, and we had been to on a trip with the three of us in 1989 as well. Um, but when you don't have to leave, when you don't have a schedule of like, okay, it took us four days to get here or three days to get here. So now we only have four days to be here cause we have to, we have four days to drive home or whatever. Um, when you don't have that, when it's only three hours away, uh, it becomes more, it becomes less of a vacation and more of a playground. Uh, and so we started hiking and then my dad learned and had known about, but learned the accessibility of backpacking. Um, the idea of putting everything in your bag so you can go somewhere and sleep in the woods and have enough food and have a tent, blah, blah, blah. Those of you who don't know what backpacking is. Hey, if you don't know what backpacking is, well, that's ridiculous. You, you're probably the person that needs to go backpacking. Um, and so we started backpacking. Uh, first little trip my dad and I did was around Gibson Reservoir in the Bob. Uh, I don't think we made it very far, but we made it a little ways. I, I was, I mean, I'm like eight, seven or eight, and uh, uh, with a plastic backpack, a borrowed plastic backpack. Um, but that started the itch and then my old man started we started backpacking in the park a lot twice a year the bob uh around helena that's the thing with helena as well is if you were a kid like me who liked mountain bike or like to go for hikes or like to go camping helena it's not that helena's proximity to the wilderness is amazing it's that helena is kind of in the wilderness 
people say, well, you know, because there are people's backyards that abut national forest in Helena. Um, uh, and no, I don't think that's that amazing. But I maybe I don't think that's amazing because I live here. Um, but outside looking in, oh, it's so great. It's so, so cool. So it's not, again, it's not necessarily that Helena is near to the wilderness. No, Helena is in the wilderness. Like, everything surrounding Helena is either wild or ranch and farm, which in itself is, uh, you know, gigantic expanse, uh, expanse that is wild as well. Um, so, again, my opening memories of Montana are you can go to some of the most amazing backpacking and mountain biking in an hour to two hour drive or a half an hour drive. Uh, I mean, in Helena, you can mountain bike amazing places without using a car to get to. Uh, same thing in Helena. They have a, a, a city park that's called Mount Helena and it's just a big mountain. Uh, it's just a mountain that part of Helena is on but you can climb to the top of and look out over not only the city but Helena Valley but also into um, uh, the expanse the wilderness so climb Mount Helena a lot as a kid because again hiking as a kid you got to have a goal you don't just hike to hike you want like as a parent you want your kid to have a goal and it's usually a lake or it's the top of a mountain. Are we there yet? No, are we there yet? That kind of thing is solved by, no, we're going to the top of this. Does this seem like the top? No, we're going to a lake. Does this seem like we're at the lake yet? Uh, I remember hearing those words a lot as a kid. Uh, how much longer? I don't know. Have you seen the lake? <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm super, super blessed as a kid to be Glacier National Park once a year, or more like three times a year at that, like for the first, for those 10 years, but also Yellowstone at least once a year and sometimes twice a year. Um, and also blessed, that's a hard word for me, uh, lucky. Also lucky because my parents wanted to go see every Montana town. They wanted to know what Bozeman was like. They wanted to know what Great Falls was like. They wanted to know what Billings was like. They wanted to know what Lewistown was like, Lewistown. They wanted to know, like, they wanted to see and drive every road. Or at least my dad wanted to drive every road. But my mom wanted to see every town. And and just the same. And, and so on the weekends, I wasn't home. That's another reason kids didn't come out of the house. We weren't there. We... <laughs> We're gonna. We're, we had to drive and see what Libby was like. We had to drive and see what Haver was like. Um, and spring break meant either driving back to Indiana to visit family, or we're gonna go to the park for a week. And I and I, I pissed and moaned about that shit when I was a kid because you want to stay home and hang out with your friends, but I always had a blast. Um, through, like, so I lived in Helena from 90 to 2000. I graduated high school in 2000. Um, Capital High, go Bruins. Uh, 
and I spent, if I wasn't playing music or practicing, I went hiking and backpacking. Uh, I never was a fisherman, per se. Ugh. Uh, I can tell you the one time I ever killed an animal. Again, I'm not a hunter or a fisherman. We went skiing a little, but only because, like, you go skiing once a year for school. Uh, and then, like, uh, I went a couple times with friends. We never really went skiing. So it's nev that's never been a draw for me. We went cross-country skiing, however. Uh, because, for me, that's hiking. That's just hiking in the winter. Um, and snowshoeing and whatnot. Uh, and like I've slept in a, a dugout snow cave and many times and I've tent camped and I've climbed mountains I've done stuff and this was like before I turned 18 um, anyway if I wasn't playing music if I wasn't doing that I was hiking biking climbing um, so why have I never left Montana let's start the conversation there uh I look at... I've traveled all over the United States. And parts of Europe. Canada. I I look at other places. And... It's as basic sometimes as... The flat horizon. Sometimes I see a flat horizon. And that's enough for me to say... Why would I ever leave Montana? Um, I... I love to stop when I'm driving. I love to stop and stare at all the features of a mountain or a valley and daydream about hiking or climbing it or where I would sleep or any of those things. Like, uh, so when I see flat, I freak out a little. And I think, yes, it's beautiful in its own right. A cornfield's beautiful to some extent. Um, and I love to visit and I love to look at... I love to look other places. But here... But when I think about living there... Sorry, when I think about living in those other places, I panic. And I think... There's a million things. Uh, okay, so there's that. There's the view. The view is one thing. And it's a big part of it. Um, Montana has, I forget where we are. Are we just below a million or did we cross over a million? I forget. But that's for the whole state and it's the fourth largest state. We got, let's say 950,000 people. Or a million. I'll say a million because it doesn't matter for this discussion. We got a million people and yeah, a lot of them are in those cities. But a lot of it's spread out, too. If you wanted, in your car, you could drive in any direction, and I swear to God, in 15 minutes, you can find somewhere where there's no one. And that's anywhere. You can start from the center of Billings. Billings would be the largest city in Montana. You can start from the center of Billings and drive for 15 miles and you can find a moment, maybe not, it's not forever, but you can find a moment 
where there's no one else around. Um, and obviously, you can drive from an hour from any point in any direction in Montana, and you can find somewhere where you can spend, even in your car, out just your car, and you can find somewhere to drive your car where you won't see another person all day. Now that is a big part of it. I love visiting the city. I love Seattle. I love Portland. Um, I, Indianapolis even doesn't bother me. Uh, Minneapolis is, is cool. Uh, at this point, uh, as I'm trying to be honest about everything in this podcast for therapy reasons, <laughs> therapeutical reasons, uh, I've never been to the East Coast. Um, I've been to Florida, but again, I know that's not the East Coast. I've never been to New England. I've never been to Boston, New York, D.C., uh, Philadelphia, any of that. I've never, I can tell you exactly what it looks like on a map. I can tell you, I can identify skylines. I, I'm good at that, but I've never touched, I've never been in there. I've never been east of, like, well, other than Florida. Ugh. Uh, I've never really been east of Ohio. Um, but that's going to change. Uh, this podcast is being recorded the week before I'm going to go to D.C. for the first time. So, I can't wait to talk about DC on the podcast, uh, because that'll be amazing. Uh, This podcast might not come out before that podcast. Anyway, they're going to come out in weird orders. So, anyway, I I love visiting the city. I love Seattle and Portland. Um, I love being downtown. I love being in kind of the scuzzy parts of town, too. Like, all of it has a draw to me. But, once I'm home the space, the expanse, the lack of people is always the turnoff. So, what are the reasons I haven't left? It's big and it's beautiful. There's not that many people. Uh, so career-wise, so when I turned 18, um, I graduated high school shortly after, um, kind of spent my last summer in Helena and moved to Missoula to go, uh, I got a scholarship, I got a, uh, full tuition waiver for music at the University of Montana, and I went to study percussion, and... I immediately went on academic probation after the first semester and uh, um, tried to move out of the dorms and move in with a girl uh, shortly thereafter. And I only went to school for another year or two. The classes I showed up for were music classes, were performance classes. Um, I love performing. I love learning music. I love learning to learning new instruments. I love learning to play my own instruments, and those are the classes I showed up for. Uh, that and music theory. Uh, I got everything I needed out of it, but I went to study music education, and uh, probably that first semester was when I learned I don't want to be a teacher. Um, and. 
I started playing in, I grew up, oh sorry, my old man, my dad plays drums. And I grew up with him traveling on the weekends to go make money playing in bar bands. So in high school, I started playing in bar bands and making money. And like my first, my first money for music came when I was like 14. Um, and luckily in Montana, you can learn how to drive and get your driver's license when you're 14. So I started gigging. College rolls around. I started gigging in Missoula, which has a, a much more vibrant music scene than Helena does. Uh, or did. Sorry, Helena's music scene currently is kind of amazing. Uh, so, I uh, <laughs> started gigging, and the reason I was in college was so that I could play music, but then I was playing so much music that I college was I was missing parts of college. So I dropped out. And I have always, since I was 16, which maybe doesn't count as much, but as far as living, as far as being 18 and over, um, I've made over half, at least over half of my living playing music. And some parts in there, I made all of my living playing music. And recently, for the last four years, I've made all of my living playing music. Uh, and in those interim, it was probably 75%. And it wasn't until I figured out my own... It wasn't that... Also, it wasn't that I made that much more money. I started making more money. I just figured out my own existence. Like, rent. I figured out my own overhead. Rent and uh, food and just living expense. Uh, and once I lowered that, then I realized, oh, I could just be a musician. Great. Now, the thing that Montana, the why that parlays into this discussion is Montana allows me a... Because everybody... Oh, sorry. Everybody says move to the city. Oh, you want to make... Oh, you're going to be famous? You're going to play music? And those are two different things, by the way. Playing music and being famous and becoming famous are two separate goals. Um, my guidance counselor in high school told me uh, that only the top one percent get to make money playing music. Well, that works in sports, <laughs> professional sports, but in music, you can make anywhere from a hundred dollars a year to a million dollars a year. Sorry, or a billion dollars a year playing music. Uh, there, every number is in between. It all depends on how much effort you're going to put into it. Um, I'm not lucky that I get to play music for a living. Luck has nothing to do with it. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of work that goes into getting to a point. Now, there's a point where, yes, luck comes into play, and that's uh, where a lot of your you know, radio stars, those people came from. They worked their ass off, and then some somewhere along the line there was right place right time um, but for me if your goal is to play music and make enough to live on well you can now if you move to the city to do this yes more people can see you play music but 
the venues pay less money because there's more people and people and more more or sorry there's more musicians and more musicians means that there's more musicians that will play for less which means most venues pay less here there's less musicians and it becomes the um, big fish small pond theory um, I don't consider myself a big fish but I consider myself part of a small community of musicians that there's enough places that pay money to have music and there's a small enough community of musicians that play music professionally that uh, most of us can make a living now that's Montana that's because Montana we're out in the middle of nowhere sometimes yes Montana used to be because of I-90 between Chicago and Seattle yes bands were coming through here and there was a bit of that that disappeared for a while and luckily is coming back but there's still it's not like being in Salt Lake Portland Seattle uh, Chicago where bands are coming through every day it is like being in a place where people still love live music which is everywhere sorry United States people still love live music but it happens that there's enough people that love live music and by percentage there's only a certain amount of professional musicians and that's a long way of saying um, small pond limited amount of fish and I I have thrived because of that now I started off as just a professional drummer I didn't really as in uh, like in when I was 18 and so in 2000 I was playing just drums as a professional um, and then the next came singer-songwriter tried to hit the open mics and get a couple gigs that way uh, but guitar and bass led me into even more jobs and upright bass specifically led me into more jobs and because that was that's my path in Montana was uh, oh it's hard to find drummers oh well I'm a drummer Oh, it's hard to find bass players. Oh, I'm going to learn how to play bass. I'm a bass player now. Uh, and I know that sounded like it took me seconds, but it took me years. Oh, you know, guitarists are hard to find. Oh, I'm going to learn how to play guitar better. Uh, I'm gonna, instead of just, you know, as a hobby, I'm going to make this part of this job too. Uh, and being a singer is a, is a huge asset in this pool of musicians. There's a lot of people that aren't willing to sing. And, and if you're this is another note if you're willing to sing the jobs open up a lot so that's reason number three I can't leave Montana uh, maybe I've become complacent in that I get enough gigs nobody gives me those gigs I get them I have to go get them every time uh, but I've become complacent probably with that there might be more opportunity more opportunity for me in any other community but Montana has given me this to where I can make a living not worry too hard I do worry but not to worry too hard um, but I'm at a point right now I'm 34 this is 2016 when I'm recording this I'm at a point right now where I've been I built something over 16 years that 
I would have to erase some of that to go to another town. Say we decided to move to Austin or Portland or something. I'd have to start over. Uh, and the curious thing about that is I'm not sure if I would start over in music. I might start over something connected to that. I also run a recording studio here, which again is the same thing. There's not that many recording studios in Montana. And a lot of us, including me, I've left Montana to go record. But I've also recorded at the studios in Montana too. So I can fill that little bit of void by having a studio. It also means I don't have to work that often in the studio. I can pick and choose uh, what I like or dislike to do in the studio. But that's Montana. That allows me that. Um, and obviously what plays into all this is lower cost of living. It is great. Great. Um, that makes a huge difference for making a living playing music is the lower cost of living. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. It's weird thinking about this. And so... The other part of Montana is, I grew up here. Uh, yeah, I spent the first seven years of my life in, in Indiana. But honestly, we lived, <laughs> it's funny, we lived in a, we may have lived in Indianapolis, but we lived on South Side, Indianapolis. Uh, and we had a creek running, like, across our drive, uh, or below our driveway, we had a creek running through it. And there was a little bit of forest, a little tiny little bit of wooded area. And we spent most of our weekends at state parks camping. And we spent most of our time in the woods compared to most people who live in the city. Uh, so even that first seven years, I spent in wooded areas and necessarily wasn't wild wilderness or anything but I definitely I obviously prefer trees and like a park or like I, I'm sorry I prefer um, even limited wilderness and w limited forest I prefer that to a city park um, yeah uh, yeah yeah um, and so that first seven years was even part of the wilderness experience in a very limited way. So then here I am, I live in Montana, hiking and backpacking is the most important thing to me, other than music, uh, which by the way, again, hey, if you're listening, you're on Instagram, uh, go follow me, I'm the Mighty Travis, the Mighty Travis, one word. But also go check out hashtag Naked Ridge Runner if you want to find out. Um, a big part of how I show my love about Montana is uh, uh, Naked Ridge Runner. I won't I won't explain it any further than that. Hashtag Naked Ridge Runner. There's also a Tumblr page, Naked Ridge Runner on Tumblr. Um, go check it out, and you can find out why I love Montana even more. Naked Ridge Runner. Naked Ridge Runner. Naked Ridge Runner. Um, and so. That's uh, so. Those are the four. Is that three or four reasons why I may never leave, or why I love it here? Um, it's it's actually this podcast wasn't why I love Montana. Uh, I think that's I think that's uh, assumed, and that would be redundant. 
it's why I would never leave. Um, I, I just made this podcast. I'm sitting here talking as I drove, as I'm driving towards the Gallatin Valley on I-90 towards Bozeman. And like, I've just driven past two mountain ranges, two large, awesome mountain ranges that are all part of the Rockies, but all, all part of this, like, this is the last place to explore. Yes, there's Alaska and Canada, obviously. I mean, this is the last place that you, as a human, as a weekend warrior, if you will, as someone who you have two days off and you want to feel alone or feel like our ancestors, if you want to feel like Bird going to the South Pole or Grinnell coming to the park for the first couple times or Glacier National Park, that is. If you want to feel like Muir and walk somewhere, there's a chance where if you remove yourself from a trail, you may be walking somewhere that no one has ever walked before. I know that's big. I know it's a big idea. I know it's, and I know I, I recognize that it's a little silly, but you might walk somewhere where no one's been, or no one's footsteps have ever touched. And uh, God, that's worth uh, priceless is a dumb word uh, because people pay a lot of money to experience that. And, and as a Montanan, as someone who moved to Montana, you may be sacrificing something to live here, be it financial or uh, ties to family because uh, everybody, no, your family may not live here and you may choose, you may choose to live here. Um, and I can't explain, oh, well, I guess I just did. But I can't explain that feeling that says, you know, I'd rather be homeless in Montana, which isn't true. Sorry, let's say I'd rather make 20 year, twenty grand a year in Montana than make 100 grand a year in L.A. Uh, I, I, I don't even, I, I might actually believe that. 100 grand sounds nice, though, actually. Hundred grand sounds like I could still come and visit <laughs> enough to where I'm satisfied. Never mind, I was wrong. That was all horseshit. I'm moving to Portland tomorrow, uh, and I'm sure everybody feels this way about their western state. Uh, and I can see that. I could live in Nevada. I could live in Washington. I could live in uh, specifically. I mean, Pacific Northwest. I could always live here. Uh, hell, I could live in Idaho. It's It's got that same feeling. And the, actually, the other, sorry, there's one more point to Montana. And it's, it's, a, it's a testament to how far out of the way it is. Yes, it's, if you drove from Chicago to Seattle, you would go through Montana. But nobody, nobody acts, nobody drives through Montana to get anywhere. Like, there's nowhere, 
There's only the Dakotas and Idaho. There's there's no reason to drive through Montana. So if you're if you if somebody who comes to Montana is the purpose of usually coming to Montana is the purpose. Like there's no and that that same out of the wayness also affects us financially and and through our federal government. We just went through a weird ass election. Uh, presidential election uh, and I don't want to talk about it not because I'm sad or upset about it but because uh, we'll talk about it in a different podcast I'll say that when the recession hit it hit Montana later and by the time it hit Montana it was already less it was already a little softened a little lessened and it was almost over elsewhere. Yes, some people were hit harder by the recession in Montana than others, but a lot of people exaggerate how hard the recession hit here. Um, and I'm not saying it didn't hit some people hard. It did. It totally, parts of Montana economy uh, were a little fucked for a second. But, in the grand scheme, like, the wide, the big picture of Montana, it didn't hit Montana that hard, and it hit a little later, and by the time it hit, it was almost over. Um, and, and, I, and I feel that way about our new president. <laughs> our new president. Oh, Jesus Christ. Our new president, um, that while, and oh, I don't know how to talk about it. We in Montana are going to feel this a little less in some way because we're we are out of the way we are a little bit forgotten we have we only have three electoral votes right we have one representative in the house uh, we don't have anything you know, we have our two senators that's the that's where we equal out which is the point right but checks and balances but i we don't matter a lot the trick is with this new president that scares me is we have a lot of natural we have a lot of energy options up here to be mined and that's a lot of destruction um but i bet i bet uh, i just i hope i hope our people step forward and help keep this place clean and help keep this place intact not too many holes in the ground chasing after this horrible gasoline dream anyway that would be reason number five that i think montana is is kind of amazing is is we're just a little forgotten and while that may feel bad from a federal government sense um it also feels great it's a good place to go hide from the rest of the world. We are in a bubble. Uh, specifically in Missoula, we're in a giant uh, political bubble. Uh, we are so liberal that we don't understand why Montana is constantly voting red. Constantly has such a huge conservative vote. But then you, you just have to leave Missoula to remember, oh, the rest of Mont most of Montana literally is conservative. So, uh, But we're also in a conservative bubble here um it's great this place is great all right uh, my name's trav 
Uh, this is When I'm Not Sleeping, the podcast by Travis Yost. Uh, please go write a kind review. You don't have to. I don't care. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. It's free. And why did you listen? And uh, go check out my friend Jamie Rogers and I. We have a podcast called Jamie and Travis Present. Uh, make sure to add the present to it, or else it'll take you to a different Jamie and Travis who review episodes of Dawson's Creek. Which, hey, go ahead and listen to that too. Tell them we sent you. Um, I don't promote my music very much on these podcasts, uh, but I have a I have a project called Loves a Dog from Nebraska. Go check that out. That's my that's my little brain, and I play with a bunch of other people. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Um, please come if you're not if you're if you've never been to Montana, you have to come visit. And and you might just move here. And I'm not one of the people that says, don't make, don't let everybody move here. Fucking whatever. It takes a specific person to move here. And don't worry, there's no jobs. So I know you're not moving here for a job. Um, but come visit. It's amazing here. And like, and yeah, come visit, spend a little money. Come check out the national park. We share a little of Yellowstone, tiny little sliver of Yellowstone. Come check out Yellowstone. Come and, and, and honestly, uh, uh, go drive through Wyoming. Drive across Wyoming once in your life. Drive across Nevada once in your life. Yeah, there's there's something to. Yeah, we could fly there, but we could also drive. And there's something to that. Um, I get a lot of shit done in my brain because I drive. And I've seen a lot of cool shit because I drive. Uh, yeah. Someday in these podcasts, I'm going to stop saying uh so much or uh. Thanks for listening, you guys. Later.